Yeah. Are you guys ready for the word this morning? So how about this? Let's stand to our feet this morning as we honor the word of God and welcome our senior pastor, Jonathan Wilson, up to the platform. Jacob. All right. Father God, I thank you today for your amazing love and grace. Thank you for each and every person that's here. Thank you, Lord, that you are at work in our lives, in our world. We thank you that at this time, as we celebrate the birth, the advent of Christ, that we can welcome you into our hearts, into our lives, into our church, into our world. And we pray that you would work as only you can work through the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask this in the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, you may be seated. You may be seated. Just stay here, will you? Uh, keep, keep, me, keep me company. You don't have to play, but I just want you to keep me company. Um, yes, on uh, Tuesday they did uh, uh, John Ledesma and Jacob did an impersonation of me. Um, yeah, so just keep working, keep practicing, Jacob, wherever you are. Uh, there's room for improvement, but it was good. There was some good, uh, and, and even Di chimed in as well with some of hers, you know, amen, amen, and amen. Um, you can't just say one amen. The three amens need to be in agreement with each other, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen, amen, and amen. Um, it's funny, Michael was saying that uh, impersonation is the, uh, he quoted George Bernard Shaw, uh, who said impersonation is the highest form of flattery. And I was just thinking over the years, it's interesting to see people who've grown up in our church and, you know, the uh, seeing uh, yourself uh, kind of reproduced in them. And I believe that's what God wants for each one of us, not just our kids. Whether you like it or not, your kids are going to copy you. They're going to do and say things that you say. Sometimes you're going to go, where did that come from? And all of a sudden you realize, well, it came from you. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun day. Um, and I want to share a little bit. I want to share a little bit about what happened yesterday. We've got a video uh, that we want to share with you. Just a couple of things. How many of you know in life, life is, you know, life is long, life is short, life is full of joy, life is full of sorrow. There are all sorts of things that happen in the you know, in the ebb and flow uh, 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 and, uh, of life. And uh, many of you here would know, uh, have known Steve Teller. Um, Steve Teller was a part of our church for many years, right at the very beginning of our church. In fact, he gave us a truck, uh, a, a red pickup truck when we first came. He was, his daughter uh, was at college in Australia, Ansley, um, was a great part of our church for many, many years from the beginning. And, and uh, Ansley and Anthony, uh, with their beautiful family, moved to Texas, um, I think maybe a couple of years ago. And uh, Steve and his wife, Michelle, moved there as well. Well, sadly, uh, Steve uh, contracted COVID and, and double pneumonia, and he passed away yesterday. So I want to take a moment in our service to pray for their family. We've been, Di and I have been in touch with Michelle. We were praying with them through his hospitalization. And uh, yesterday he went to be with the Lord. And, and it's a, you know, I, I don't know the, the way God, God's ways are past finding out. I was speaking with Jeannie before the service. We have to trust in the sovereignty of God. And, but what we do want to pray for is we want to pray for comfort for the family and hope. Um, Steve was one of our, Steve was a kids worker. I remember London telling me that Steve, she remembers Steve teaching in our kids church. He was, he was our Santa, in fact, um, uh, original Santa. Um, and at uh, the, the kind of poignant aspect of this was that he went to be with Jesus right when we were in uh, Santa Ana doing My Christmas Wish, which he was a central part of for so many years. And I guess, uh, you know, I want to take this moment to honor him and his, his contribution to the life of our church and the blessing it was to so many. He was a great actor and a great, um, you know, he, he was always a part of our Christmas productions and a great storyteller. And uh, 
which is apt because his name is Teller. Um, but he's with Jesus, and he's rejoicing with Jesus. But for those that remain, there is sorrow and there's sadness. And so I want to pray for their family, um, and I think it was right and fitting that we should share that with you so that you can uphold them in prayer. Also, I want to pray for Tim Carr's mum, uh, Barbara Carr, who's in hospital, and she has um, some blood clots on her lungs, and we want to really pray that God will touch her and heal her. And, and uh, uh, Tim shared with us that Tony, one of his, his great friends, Tony Asuna, who, we, who was in our church, and we prayed for him. He went to be with Jesus yesterday as well. So want to pray for comfort for his family uh, at this time also, and pray for Barbara. So would you stand with me? And uh, let's pray and let's believe God uh, for God to do what only he can do. Thank God for Jesus at times like this. Thank God for the hope that we have in him. So Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you today for your amazing love and grace. We thank you for Steve's life and we thank you for the part that he played in our lives and in our world and the blessing that he was to us. But we pray especially for his family. We pray for Michelle, for Ansley, for their, the whole family, Lord, that you would touch them and that you would comfort them at this time with your grace and your love. May they know strength. May they know the arms of Jesus around about them. May they know, Father, your, your grace at this time. And we thank you, Lord, that Steve is rejoicing with you in heaven, but you are ever-present with them at this particular time. May they know that they, may they know your comfort, may they know your grace. I pray for Tony's family as well, Lord, for his daughter, that she would know, and the family, that they would know your love and your grace at this time of loss. May, they, may you uphold them also at this time through the power of your spirit and your love. And we pray for Tim's uh, mom, for Barbara. We pray right now while she's in hospital. May you touch her. May you heal her. In Jesus' name, may your healing power flow through her body. May she make a miraculous recovery. And for all those who are sick, for those who have loved ones that are sick and facing challenges, we thank you that you're the God who heals us. We lay hold of your promise. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray, amen and amen. 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 You may be seated. I'm going to ask Jake and Raquel to come up here for a moment. I know we're taking a little bit of time here doing a couple of different things and for Pastor Di as well to come. Uh, give Jake and Raquel a big hand as they come now. Um, Jake and Raquel, come and stand in the middle here. Uh, Jake and Raquel are, have, uh, some of you may not know this, but you're going back to Peru tomorrow. Mañana. Why do you want to leave us? Why do you want to leave us? <laughs> and <laughs> they uh, have been a part of our church for the last 10 months. They were, you are a blessing sent from God to us, and we're so thankful for you. Um, what we love about you is who you are as people. And you will forever have a special place in our hearts. Uh, we wish that you could have stayed forever. Uh, but I know that you had that call uh, to Peru, just like Paul heard a man in Macedonia calling him. You have that, that sense of call. And so... We want to pray for you now. We want to release you and bless you. Uh, you uh, always have a home here. You have a place here. You have family here. You have people that love you. And uh, we just want to express our, our love and gratitude to you. I know that Di has a gift to you. Do you want to give that to I'm sure Di wants to say something, a gift to them from our church. Uh, so here um, you guys are amazing, and my roots in ministry were missions, and it's to know is to love. So we deeply love that that's your, your mission in life, and um, thank you for your presence, that word, this year, 
you guys are actually, you fulfilled um, a, a, our heart's desire for our church by your presence. Sorry, I'm trying to find my words. I write better than I talk. <laughs> I've written some things in here. So we love you. It's just, just a little thank you from our church and for you and your expanded, expanding family. Not your belly. You're too, super cute. But uh, that God would bless you with everywhere that he takes you, every step. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to pray for you. Of course, Raquel is expecting, they're expecting their first son, uh, uh, Jake and Raquel. Um, Jonathan uh, is a great name. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Michael, I don't know. I don't know, Michael, I'm not sure about Michael. I, I don't get a witness in my spirit about Michael. But uh, no, we, we, we are so happy for you, um, uh, for you both. So uh, why don't you stretch your hand towards him? You can stand if you want. It's hard to pray. I know you've been up and down, but um, Father God, we thank you for Jake and Raquel. We, we thank you for the gift that they've been. And Lord, as they prepare to go back to Peru, we pray that your hand would be mightily upon them. Prepare the way for them. Lord, may as they step back into that nation, may you uh, establish the place, the path, the position you want them to stand in. We thank you, Lord, for their lives. We thank you for their faithfulness. And Lord, as even if you have said, well done, good and faithful servants, we say to them, well done, good and faithful servants. We release them. We bless them. We pray that you would provide for them in every single way. Bless the child that Raquel is carrying and their futures, Lord. Our, we thank you for the fact that we have a divine connection. And Lord, as they go, may they be greatly blessed. We release them and bless them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. be seated. Okay, so I'm going to get into the word. How many of you think, believe that I can bring a word in 25 minutes? I can do it. All right. Well, I want to share a message continuing with us. Oh, before I do that, we have a video. We want to show you of what we did yesterday. I'm, and I, I've got to show that because the team went to a lot of trouble, and Jake and Raquel and, and others. Let's check this out. This is what we were able to do yesterday that Jacob was talking about. I want you to get a glimpse of it, and I'm just so thankful that we were able to continue to do what God had put in our heart all those years ago, 16 years ago. So let's check it out. Let's have a look at the screens. Awesome. Give yourselves a big hand. Thank you to everyone who made that possible. And uh, we're going to continue to do that. Our word for this year is, and we were present yesterday in our community. I want to bring uh, the next part of our message, our series on Advent. And uh, last week, I, or two weeks ago, I, I uh, kind of introduced it with the theme of setting the stage, how God is always setting the stage for what is about to come next. And Advent 
is a season, the four weeks prior to Christmas, that the church has been celebrating since the fourth century and has been a time when the church focuses on the advent of Christ. The word advent from the Latin word adventus means the coming of a notable person or event. And in the Greek, uh, the word that is used is parousia, which interestingly, in line with our theme for this year, means a presence or a coming. And so Advent is a time of anticipation, of waiting, of expectation for Christmas. Just like you as a child, or maybe your children, have an Advent calendar that they open every day and count down the days till Christmas. It's a time of counting down, a time of waiting, a time of expectation for a coming of a notable event or presence or person or thing. And so ever since the beginning of time, God has inbuilt into the rhythm of his purpose and plan anticipation and expectation. It is an important part of our lives and our world that we are always living with a sense of anticipation. Don't ever lose anticipation out of your life or expectation in a world where things are coming at us so fast so often we miss that out i think when you're going away on a significant event or a significant uh uh moment the anticipation of a maybe a special vacation maybe an anniversary uh die 25th year anniversary coming up the expectation of a time uh, of maybe getting away or whatever it may be, that anticipation is such an important part of that. In the same way, in anticipation, we have some weddings coming up in our family. There's, a, there's an anticipation, twin boys that are getting married next year. There's fear and anticipation and trepidation and all the rest of it. The anticipation is an important part of our lives and God has built it in. And within the, that sense of God's, the anticipation that God wants us to have, there was always the anticipation of his coming. Maybe you're believing God for healing. There's a sense of anticipation of God coming and fulfilling what he promises in his word. An anticipation of resource, an anticipation of a breakthrough, anticipation of God's advent into breaking into our lives and our world. And from the very beginning of time, God promised a Savior, the advent of a Savior. So for thousands of years, humankind has been waiting for a Savior. Maybe it's the advent of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. And there was a waiting, an anticipation of the advent, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the second coming of Christ, whether uh, you're ready or not, what's that game we play? Hide and seek, it's called in, in England. Is, do we call it that here in America? I'm still learning. Uh, hide and seek, I'm coming, ready or not. Jesus is coming, ready or not. We don't know the hour, we don't know the day, but he's coming. And so there's that ad anticipation of the advent of Jesus coming, the second coming. There's the advent every single day. There's the anticipation of the sun rising every day. Do you doubt that the sun will rise in the morning? There is the advent of the sun, the coming of light, the coming of the splendor and glory of God's creation. There is that sense of anticipation. And so Advent is that time of anticipation where we as a church anticipate the reality and the presence of Christ and of God in every aspect of our lives. And the four major themes of Advent have been hope, which we talked about last week, love, which I'm going to speak about this week, joy and peace. Hope, love, joy and peace. Last week I talked about the Advent of hope. And so today I want to talk about the Advent of love. The Advent of love. Um, so here's a thought. Advent is a time when we remember and we reflect on 
the demonstration of God's love in sending his son, Jesus. Probably the best known verse in the Bible, if I was to ask you what is the best known verse in the Bible, we would probably all say John 3.16. And if you don't know it by, off by heart, then I encourage you to learn it. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved. God sent his son Jesus as a baby in all of his vulnerability because he loved the world, which means he loves you and it means that he loves me. And the word that is used for love in that uh, writing of John is the word agape. A-G-A-P-E. Agape. Agape love. That is the highest form of love. It is the unconditional love of God. Not based on whether we deserve it whether we have earned it, whether we, uh, God ought to do anything for us, it's not earned, it is freely given. It is unconditional. And that's the good news for you and me because the reality is probably most of us are very aware of our own weakness. Thank you for that underwhelming response. I did that for Jacob. Um, most of us are more aware of our own frailties and weaknesses than we are our own strengths. Or, uh, and, and so God loves us unconditionally. And I love this verse in Romans 8 and verse 5, uh, Romans 8, Romans 5 and verse 8, where we read, but God demonstrates, that word is an important word there, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, while we were still lost, while we were still maybe in our, our lifestyle, or while we were still maybe enemies of God, God sent his son Jesus through as a result of his unconditional love for each and every one of us. And I, if there's one thing that I hope will resonate in your heart today is that God's love for you is not conditional. It is unconditional. And C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Narnia Chronicles, and maybe you've read or seen the movie, or The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but a great uh, writer, 20th century author, uh, who was a Christian, had his own personal struggles and his own faith in coming to Christ, was a, I believe he was a don at Oxford University, um, great friend of... Um, J.R. Tolkien, who wrote the, the Lord of the Rings and those uh, books, um, but was a deep thinker. He wrote these words. He loved us not because we were lovable, but because he is love. I want you to think about that for a moment because it's profound. He loved us not because we were lovable, but because he is love. God is love. Not only does he love us, but he is the purest expression and essence of love. And C.S. Lewis also wrote, Love is not affectionate feeling, but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained. I'm going to read that again. Love is not affectionate feeling, but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained. In other words, love is demonstrated in action for the good of the person who is the object of that love. Love is not just a word. Love's not just a feeling. Hey, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but if you've fallen in love with someone, that fuzzy, wuzzy, oozy, woozy, whatever it may be, feeling that you're feeling. I don't know where oozy, woozy came from, but... 
that fuzzy wuzzy feeling that you're feeling is not going to last forever. Thank you for the underwhelming response. <laughs> that, that initial honeymoon feeling, that is not the full, that is not what the essence of love is. Although it's wonderful. And unfortunately, some people become addicted to that, which is why they jump from relationship to relationship because they're looking for something that they think is love, but actually is more of that initial feeling. Love is action. Love is a choice. Love is action, not just a feeling. Love is deliberate. It's not passive. Love is not something that happens to you. Love is something that you do. And so love is expressed through action. And in the moments that we have, I want to share three ways that love is, is expressed or love is demonstrated by God towards us. And in like manner, how we can demonstrate love towards others. So God sent his love in order to, God sent his son in order to demonstrate his love. And God's love is expressed through, firstly, the focus of his attention. God's love is, is expressed through the focus of his attention. What do you think is the focus of God's attention? Well, the good news this morning is you are the focus of his attention. God gave his son... Because his attention was on you. God, God's attention was on us as human beings. The Bible is so full of, is full of so many great stories. And as I was preparing my heart this morning for this message, and I was thinking about this, the word, the, the story of Hagar came to mind. Um, it's not one of the you know, most prominent stories in the Bible, but it's the story of, it's, Hagar was, a, was actually Sarah, Abraham's wife's maidservant. And the story was that God had promised Abraham a son and 25 years, he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. And Sarah, they're past the age of childbearing. So Sarah comes up with a great idea and says, okay, why don't you, Abraham, take my maidservant, Hagar, and and have a son. And so the story goes on that, um, uh, that, that she has a child and uh, she, becomes, uh, she becomes pregnant and, she, and, and Sarah becomes jealous of Hagar and, and sends Hagar out and, and banishes Hagar from the house. And Hagar's in the wilderness out there on her own. And she cries out to God. Hagar, who was innocent in this whole story, was just a a part of what was taking place. And she cries out to, to God and God answers her and God gives her a promise. And this is what she says. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That's a powerful statement. I have now seen the one who sees me. And I pray today as we think about the advent of God's love, that you would see the one who sees you. He sees your situation. He sees your circumstance. He sees everything that's going on in, the, in, in our lives. And what a great moment for us to pause and think. He sees me. He sees my situation. He sees what's going on in my life. He sees the challenges I'm facing. He sees my struggles. And he sent his son, Jesus, because he wants to enter into what's happening in our lives and in our world. I think all of us have heard the expression that where one says, you are the apple of my eye. God said to the nation of, uh, to the nation of Israel, he, he referred to them as the apple of his eye. God said in Zechariah, anyone who touches you, my people, touches the apple of my eye. Did you know you're the apple of God's eye today? Anyone who harms you is touching the apple of my eye. 
David say, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. You today are the apple of God's eye. My mother, who was Spanish, would always get her metaphors mixed up. And we would always tease her about it. She spoke with a Spanish accent right up uh, her whole life. And uh, the kids, we were merciless. We would, we would tease her about her accent. But she would always get her metaphors mixed up. And she would always say, you're the apple of my teeth. And, and she could never seem to get it right. She would always say, you're the apple of my teeth. And so now I, I have said to uh, our kids, and I say to London, our 14-year-old, because she's the youngest, so she's the focus of my attention right now. The others are now in other parts of the country and doing other things, and, and she's the focus of our attention, very large and part of our lives. And uh, as a 14-year-old, and I, so I'm always telling her, London, you're the apple of my teeth. <laughs> and so we, we say that to one another, that, that, but, but you are the apple of God's eye. And I want, to, I want to encourage you with that today. And it's not based on what you did. It's not based on the mistakes you made. It's not based on, on, on the, the fact that you're imperfect or that you're struggling or that there's things that are going on in your life. He loves you just the way you are. And the story of Christmas brings home to us that God's love, and it's in that place of security that we can be transformed. And it's in that place of knowing that we're loved that we can begin to change because we're not trying to measure up to any kind of perfection or any kind of standard except to know that we're loved. And in that place of love and in that place of security is where we can grow and become the people that God wants us to be. The second thing that I want to highlight is that, uh, or that Advent highlights is that uh, in our waiting for his Advent, God demonstrates his love through the keeping of his promises. In the waiting for his Advent, in the waiting for his coming, God demonstrates his love in the keeping of his promises. God is a promise keeper. One of the first verses that I learned in the Bible uh, when I was studying, uh, learning, doing scripture memory, and I began to memorize scripture, uh, was a, a passage in Numbers, and I, 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 I think I memorized it in the, in the New King James Version or the NASB Version, the New American Standard Bible. God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it and will he not do it? And in the New Living Translation, it puts it in a manner that's easier to understand. It says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? God's promises will always come to pass. And Advent reminds us that in the middle of our expectation for his promises to come to pass, God will always come through. And there are times when things don't work out the way that we expect them to. But God is sovereign. And somehow in our lives, one of the most important things that we need to understand is that because things don't work out the way that we expect them to does not mean that God, God's promises are not true. It's just that God is sovereign and sometimes his ways are beyond understanding. Sometimes his ways are past finding out and we just simply have to trust God. And trust that God is God and God is good. And Jeannie and I were having this conversation this morning about the goodness of God. God is good. And when we understand that and we trust that, we know that even though things may not work out, sometimes 
the way that we expect them to, but God is good. And we need coming to come back to that and to come back to the promises of God. Maybe God is, it, it, it isn't coming through right now, but God is still on track. God is still working. God, we have to still put our trust in God. And I, and I love this, this verse because although it speaks about, doesn't necessarily speak about the detail of what's happening in our lives, it speaks about the big picture. And everything about the detail of our lives must come from the big picture. The problem that we face is that often the detail becomes the big picture rather than us focusing on the big picture. Because when we understand the big picture, the detail starts to make sense. Even though the detail may not be the way that we expect it to be. And God's love comes through His promises. And this verse in Jeremiah is such a great verse because in it, um, we read here in the book of Jeremiah, uh, God says, if you can break my covenant with the day and with the night, what's God's covenant with the day and the night? Every night the sun sets, every morning the sun rises. That's never changing. I think we're all in that. And so God says, if you can break my covenant with the day and the night so that day and night don't come on their usual schedule, only then will my covenant with David, my servant, be broken. In other words, God's covenant can't be broken in exactly the same way as the cycle of day and night cannot be broken. So God's promises. Maybe God is in the waiting for God. There's a, there's a struggle. But God's promises, God's promises will come to pass. God is faithful. God is with you. God is for you. God is active. And his love is demonstrated by the fact that God always keeps his promises. And then finally, as the worship team come, God's presence God's love is demonstrated through his presence. God's love is demonstrated through his presence. Obviously, the birth of Jesus Christ is one of the most miraculous events in human history. The mystery of the incarnation that so often gets lost at Christmas because we just hate. I've seen a few Christmases. I've seen Christmases come and I've seen Christmases go. And Christmas, with all of the preparation for the gifts and the decorations and all that takes place and the parties and the festivities and all that happens. But in the essence of Christmas, at the essence of Christmas, is this picture of God out of his love for you and I sending his son Jesus to identify with us and every aspect of our lives by taking upon himself our humanity, our frailty, our struggles, so that we have someone who's not aloof or distant, but someone who identifies completely with every single aspect of all that we are going through. He is present. His name that Isaiah prophesied about hundreds of years before his birth was his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And God demonstrates his love through his presence. How do we demonstrate our love to the ones that we love? We're present. How do you demonstrate your love to your spouse? You're present. How do you demonstrate your love to your kids? You're present. Sometimes it's inconvenient. Yeah, how many of you know kids are a lot of work? A lot of driving to and from, a lot of juggling your schedule, a lot of, but you're present. Because you're a parent, you're a father, you're a mother, you're, you're present. 
We demonstrate our love through our presence. We demonstrated our love to the community yesterday by our presence. Year in, year out. COVID, no COVID. Last year outside our church, this year in the community. We're present. That's a demonstration of our love. Our presence is everything. And whether you're watching online and you're present with us online or you're present here, your presence is a demonstration of your love for God, your love for His church, and your love for His community. And the mystery of Christmas is that God Himself became a human being. And I want to develop that thought and maybe a little bit more in the next couple of weeks when we look at the mystery, the mystery of of the incarnation. I want to close on this thought, though. Um, and this thought is, in a sense, connected maybe to the, the previous point. But the two are working together, the, the reality of God's, of God keeping His promises and the reality of God's presence. Maybe our understanding sometimes, maybe, maybe we don't understand what's happening in our lives or in our, in our world. Maybe we don't understand what's going on. Maybe things are not turning out the way that we expected them to. But that does not mean that God is not present. That does not mean that God's promises are not coming to pass. It just means that we are navigating something different. And sometimes our now doesn't like, look like the picture we had of our future a year ago. I'm going to repeat that. Sometimes our now does not like the, look like the picture we had of our future a year or five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago. It's not what we expected or hoped for. And so when there is a gap between our expectation and our present reality, we have to determine what that door becomes. Because the gap between our, our expectation and our present reality can become a door of disappointment if we don't frame it correctly. If it can become a door of disappointment that if we walk through, changes our perspective of our world and how we interpret everything that's happening around us. And that door will always be there. The potential for that gap to become a door of disappointment is one that we all have to face. And we stand in life between two doors. Because all of us live with a gap between our expectation and our current reality. And that door can either become a door of disappointment or it can become a door of hope. And we have to choose which door are we going to walk through? Are we going to walk through the door of disappointment? Or are we going to walk through a door of hope? If we walk through the door of disappointment, it will frame the way we see everything in our lives and in our world. But if we walk through the door of hope, it will frame the way we see everything. And God said to the nation of Israel, after they had failed abysmally, after they had forgotten Him, after they had turned away from their love for Him, God reiterated to them His love for them. And this is what He said in the book of Hosea, which is an amazing book which highlights their, their, their unfaithfulness, the nation of Israel's unfaithfulness to God. God says, this is what I'm going to do. I am now going to allure her. He's talking about the nation of Israel. I'm now going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. There in the wilderness, in their, in, in, in their kind of that place of feeling lost, I will speak tenderly to her. I will give her back her vineyards and I will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. 
there she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt. And the, the word Achor means trouble. The valley of Achor is a valley of trouble. And God was saying to the nation of Israel, even though you are in a valley of trouble, I will turn that valley of trouble into a door of hope. And if you walk through that, you're going to see my promises come to pass. And I want to encourage you today as we close and as we focus on the love of God, let's not walk through a valley. Let's not allow that gap between our expectation and our current reality to become a doorway of hope that we walk through and begin to question God and begin to question what's happening in our lives. But let's turn that valley of Achor, that valley of trouble, into a doorway of hope so that we can walk into God's promises, knowing that He loves us, knowing that God has our future in His heart and in His mind because you are the apple of His eye and His focus is on you. His promises will come to pass and He is the God who is ever present in our lives. Can you say amen to that? Give Jesus a big hand of, of praise. Would you stand with me? I want to pray with you this, this uh, morning as we close. And uh, would you just put your hand on your chest? Father God, I pray for every person here. I pray for every person that's watching. We thank you, Lord, that you're the God who sent your son Jesus as the purest expression of love beyond anything that we could ever imagine. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who loves us with a love that is unconditional. We thank you that there's nothing that we can do that can change your love for us. And I pray that in this Advent season, our hearts would turn towards you. And though we may be in a valley of achor, a valley of trouble, may we walk through a door of hope the door of hope that you present to us rather than a door of disappointment. We thank you that you're a God who's faithful. Your promises will come to pass. That which you have spoken to us, you will do. We thank you that you have a future and a hope for each and every one of us. We declare that because of your great love for us, we can stand confident and assured that all of your promises are yes and amen through your son, Jesus Christ. And today our hearts turn in love and gratitude towards you. We worship you. We honor you. We thank you for your great love. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. May you bless. May you encourage. May you cause spirits to rise. May you cause faith to rise in this place today. May we step out, out into our world facing with a sense, facing our future with a sense of destiny, a sense of divine purpose, a sense of God who is faithful, who will never leave us, never forsake us. And may we know your supernatural power, presence, and provision. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Just as we close, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, whether you're watching online or you're with us here in, in person, today I want to give you an opportunity to do that by simply praying a prayer. I've been talking about God's love, which is unconditional. There's nothing that you have to do to, to be accepted by God. He loves you just the way you are. But He loves you enough not to leave you the way you are. And I want to encourage you right now to open up your heart and accept Christ's love, accept God's love, accept His forgiveness so that you can know His grace and what it is to become and to know that you are a child of God. Your sins forgiven. The promise, a recipient of the promise of eternal life knowing that your hand, your hand is in God's hand and that your future is in God's hand. 
And I want to pray that prayer now. And if you want to accept Christ or make a recommitment of your life to Christ right now, would you pray with us? And I know that God will hear your prayer and he will answer your prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me. And today I open up my heart and I receive what you did for me, Jesus, when you died on the cross and you rose from the dead. I accept the gift of forgiveness and salvation, your grace, which I don't deserve. And I receive the promise of your life. I receive your spirit, the gift of eternal life. And I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would live within me and help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a big hand and thank God for his faithfulness. If you prayed that prayer, whether you're here or you're watching online, uh, you can... There's a link there which can help you uh, connect with us so that we can get a book to you, Following Jesus, which is a book that talks about all the steps that you can take to follow Jesus, the fundamentals of what it means to be a, a, a Christian, a follower of Christ, and to take the steps that will help you step into all that God's got for your life. We want to give you that as a gift. Uh, we'd love to help you in whatever way we can. Make sure you connect with us, with one of our team, and we can help you take those next steps and uh, into all that God has for you. Well, two weeks till Christmas. In fact, two weeks from now, Christmas will be over. And we'll be heading into a new year. I'm excited about the new year. Anyone else excited about the new year? Or you've got enough this year to cope with that you can't even think about next year. I'm excited about next year. Always excited about the new year. Hey, I know we're, we're only two weeks away. In the new year, I think 4th of January, we're going to start our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're going to set the tone for a new year. Anyone here believe in God for a, a great 2022? Yeah. We're going to set the tone. Hey, great leaders, great followers of Christ, don't allow their world to set the tone. They set the tone. Let's be those that set the tone for 2022, that set the tone as we leave this year into next year, that it'll be one that is framed with great hope, expectation, and God's provision in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, I pray for everyone here and everyone watching online. Be with us as we go. May we be a blessing in our world. May we carry hope, love, joy, and peace into every part of our lives and our world, in our homes, in our workplace, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, out in the community, in the streets, in the malls, in the parking lots, amidst all of the activity and all of the that's going on, may we be harbingers of hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen.